Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com And welcome to five Radio 5G. This is Nancy Hopkins. It is September 1st, 2021. With me is going to be in the second hour, Mark Joseph. We're going to spend the first hour listening to a conversation between Alex Jones and Dr. Lee Merritt. I think you're going to find it, let's say, or <laughs> make your head kind of swim about some of the things she brings out, but it's an excellent presentation so here we're going to go with that and in the next hour well this is only like 53 minutes so we'll be back before the end of the hour myself and mark this is on BitChute. dr lee merritt exposes covid19 bioweapon agenda it is the alex jones show and Infowars. so give it a date on it is august 26 2021 All right, we have a really amazing lady on who I want to try to just give the floor during the 50 or so minutes we have left here going into the second hour today. Dr. Lee Merritt, here on the Alex Jones Show, began her medical career at the age of four carrying her father's black bag on house calls along the back roads of Iowa in the 1980s. She graduated in 1980 from the University of Rochester School of Medicine and Dentistry in New York where she was elected to the life membership of the Alpha Omega Alpha Honor Medical Society. Dr. Merritt completed her osteopathic surgery residency in the United States Navy, and then served nine years as the Navy physician and surgeon before returning to Rochester, where she's the only woman to be appointed as the Lewis A. Goldstein Fellow of Spinal Surgery. And I'm not going to go over the rest of the long bio because we'll run through all our time, uh, but she has been really exposing SARS-CoV-2 and more and gets the big picture that this is unconventional warfare, the medicalrebel.com. Uh, Doc, so much to cover. I just, I could ask questions all day, but I want to go where you want to go first. So great to have you here and uh, please uh, speak to our audience. Well, thank you, Alex. It's really an honor to be on. I mean, I've watched you for years. Um, I think the biggest thing to say today is the unbelievable tragedy of what they're doing to the military. You know, this isn't, I've been, I said in October, if you don't vaccinate our, in October last year, I said, if you don't vaccinate our troops, I can guarantee you we'll have a standing army in three months. But if you vaccinate people with an unknown, you know, untried experimental genetic therapy, never used on humans, didn't make it well through animal trials, who knows what it's going to do? Well, that's exactly what we're seeing. And so today they're saying everybody must be vaccinated today. Now, quite frankly, that's not a readiness point. That doesn't work that way. If you've got, if you've already got 60% vaccinated, why does it have to be today? There's something else at work here. I just hope we're not on somebody else's invasion timeline. That's what I'm hoping. This sounds like a logistics timeline, but, but you know, the real issue of national security isn't a small one here. Um, the first thing to say is that China and, and Russia are not vaccinating their troops against using this type of technology, by the way. So we are. In 2020, there were only 20 deaths 
of from COVID and all the military services put together. Now, we've already uh, probably killed over 350 people from one side effect, and that's myocarditis. You know, usually in the military every year, there's about 800 cases, and I think they're almost at 1,400 this year. When you take the, the mortality, the five-year mortality of that, it's not good. So the, the risk-benefit, number one, doesn't justify any of this. You know, and the second point to make, we should be clear to everybody why this is not not about our national, it's not in the interest of our national security, nor the, the, the valiant troops that we should be taking care of, that we owe a debt to. Um, you know, the pilots, we've had civilian pilots die, and these civilian pilots are dying because of sitting in the cockpit for long periods of time, immobile, and we know just going on a long flight can do it to anybody. You know, when you sit for long periods of time, you're at risk of blood clots in the legs that can go to your lungs and kill you. So, um, that's always a risk. But now, after you take this vac, this non-vaccine, this experimental uh, genetic agent, you sit in those cockpits for long periods of time. And we've had, I think, up to nine, nine pilots, civilian pilots die already. Um, and, and the airlines, some of them have issued statements or something saying we don't think passengers should get on the plane right after they've had a vaccine because they're at risk. So what are we doing in the military? We are, I think about 75% of military pilots are vaccinated, and now they want the other 25%. Now, keep in mind, these are guys that don't sit in the cockpit where they can stand up and move around, many of them. Uh, many of them sit in single-seat ejection seats or dual-seat ejection seats. For and those they that don't know, are, they're, I mean, they're jammed in there super tight, especially if they're above average size. And, and they're not carrying passengers. They're car carrying armaments. I mean, they could be carrying passengers, but but a lot of these guys, the, the the combat pilots, they're practicing with armaments, including nuclear weapons. What are we thinking? And this violates every principle of military safety for pilots that we've ever seen. You know, I was never a flight surgeon, but I spent 10 years as a Navy surgeon, um, and I served on the Navy Research Advisory Committee after that as a civilian where we looked at defense strategy things. And I'm going to tell you, one of the things that you knew, a lot of my friends were flight surgeons, and I, and I was stationed with the Marine Air Wings everywhere I was when I wasn't in training. And I will tell you, one of the things, I mean, the, the thing that the military pilots hate to, to see at any time are their flight surgeons because these guys are super healthy. They're super screened, and they're so afraid they're going to have a sniffle in front of the, the flight surgeon and be, you know, knocked off the flight schedule. There is no indication for vaccinating these people with anything. Even if it were a good vaccine, these people are too healthy. They don't, they're not at risk. Well, well, Doc, but, I said I would interrupt you, but, but you're, you're so you're smart, and you, you mentioned it's like we're on an invasion timeline. You, you pretty much set it all up front. China is our enemy. They're not taking this experimental injection. India is not our enemy, but they're less than 10% inoculated. They're not stupid. They have really low rates. And so it's really only the Western world doing this, and there's a desperate timeline. Australia under martial law until, quote, the public takes it, and just a desperate is just take it, just take it. Then they admit it doesn't even work, and now there's all these new weird viruses. So flesh out what you were getting at there, because clearly – this is how you would soft kill America. This is how you would shut us down where people are so sick. We can't stand up when China takes Taiwan. You know, I think that's not an outrageous statement at all. I think that we, we are, let's like say, I think we're in a national security nightmare here because our standing army, you know, is being vaccinated 
And we've seen, you know, before they shut down all the communication out of Australia, there were some squeaking guys in the Navy. They, they vaccinated all the, the Australian ships. And there were some guys squeaking onto Facebook to their relatives and friends saying that their readiness is down, that they, they've lost 25 percent of their crew to either illness or death. And then they kind of shut it all up. Now, I don't I can't verify that number, but certainly there's a problem. And there and, and we know already just the, just the myocarditis. There's a problem with our our military readiness with this. So a lot of genius to get China files like Gates and Fauci to literally get us to take this, that it debilitates us. We fall apart. I mean, it's a perfect plan to get your own enemy to take a bioweapon themselves. Well, and that's what I keep telling people. You know, if, if you think you're, you're fighting a virus, then you're going to be a victim. If you think you're fighting a war, then you'll have a big picture here of what's going on. We're in it, you know, and, and, and I find myself as kind of funny as a physician. Now, instead of reading, you know, medical texts, I'm, I'm reading the, the uh, Colonel Zhao and Wang textbook on unrestricted warfare, their book that they wrote in 1999. Yes. You know, it outlines the point about unrestricted warfare. You know, we think of warfare as having a battlefield. We can see the enemy. We know how many troops we have. We know what they have. Classical warfare. That's the old but, wars. All new wars are what we're seeing now. This is the first yep. modern war. This is that's, that's exactly right. Old news. So we know about this. We actually have written uh, texts on strategy of synthetic biology, and that's the world we're in right now. But beyond that, it's a psyop. We're an economic war, cyber war. The multi dimensions are, you know, in your brain, in your child's crib. They're fighting this everywhere. There is no set battlefield. And trust me, this the the the. the you know, there, there's an argument that there was never really a viral outbreak, that there was a pathogen outbreak that, that was spread. You know, then that's probably too long to go into the... the, the no, no, the, Doc, you've got the floor here. Like, like we've got you for the next 40 minutes. If you want to go longer, this is exactly well, where I want to go, because on other shows, you're with other people, and it's hurried. Come back, and you've got all the time. I'm going to... We're going to go to break, and you can cover it all, but we got 30 seconds left. Keep going. Well, uh, I'll talk about that, about was this ever an airborne viral outbreak? And I will just say that I can't prove what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say the numbers don't add up for a viral outbreak as much as they do as something that was a contact genetic pathogen and was spread. Well, that's what we my sources, who are really smart folks, are saying is that the Pentagon knows that this was basically deployed uh, and that it is a bio and it's not just one bioweapon. It's a cocktail of bioweapons. Right. One of them being the vaccine. Absolutely. We've got well, that lowers the immunity, too. All right. Doctors stay there. Dr. Lee Merritt, the medical She can flesh all this out. The Chinese war paper, uh, synthetic biological war, all of it straight ahead. Tell folks tune in now. Well, Dr. Lee Merritt's our guest here on the Alex Jones show, and she's normally rushed. We've got some time with her. So I want her to go wherever she wants and get into what she really thinks is going on here and what's coming next and why. TheMedicalRebel.com. She's a medical doctor and a great lady. Okay, so so please continue, Doc. Well, I was just uh, – so here's what happened. You know, every year we have a, a winter death curve. Call it – you know, if it's a viral death curve, we don't know. But, but every winter we blame it on flu and pneumonia and all these things, picking off old people and people at risk. And it's just like a bell-shaped curve. But when this started, and I have a friend that used to work at USAMRIT, our bioweapons lab, and they and I used to call him and say, hey, should I watch this one whenever like SARS or MERS came out? He used to always say no until this one. So he said, watch this one. So I did. 
And quite frankly, this looked really bad at first. It didn't look like that curve. It was going up hyperbolically. And you had epidemiologists all over the world saying, this is the worst thing we've ever seen. This is the worst. Remember that R naught value, the worst R naught value. You know, it really looked bad. And if you'd projected that out, we would have lost 2 million people by the middle of July. But we didn't. That isn't what happened, right? What happened was it just went right down into the normal curve we see every winter. But then we saw, then we started talking about cases. Okay. Suddenly we redefined cases. From the time of Hippocrates, we defined a case as a sick person. But now it was a case based on a flawed PCR test, which we will talk about. But it, it started going up that got everybody afraid. But the death curve kept going down and it kept going down just like it does every winter until the vaccination. And now we have, like you can see, the difference between Albania and Gibraltar. Albania and Gibraltar followed that death curve through the winter and then it kind of went down, went down, got to about zero. Albania continued at zero because they're not vaccinating. Gibraltar is one of the highest vaccinated places in the world and the death curve has gone up along a pretty steep curve. Now, so that's so that's the overall picture. Now, here's here's what you have to ask yourself. What started it all? If we actually started um, uh, looking at uh, an airborne virus, you know, we have some experience with airborne viruses, especially in our bioweapons understanding of smallpox. Now, you know, it's the most deadly airborne virus known to mankind at this point. And they did a, the, 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 um, the idea that they, this could take over a huge, you know, world cities if it ever broke out was, was done in a war game called Dark Winter that you keep hearing being alert, alluded to, but it was like 1996, I think. And it showed that within, it was an army war game using smallpox. And they said within two weeks or three weeks, it'd be all over the world. And within three months, it could kill 60% of the population. It's a highly, I mean, that's real contagion, but this isn't that. So what, what, if this were that, we would have seen France, uh, we said Paris, this would have ripped through Paris. It would have ripped through Omaha, Nebraska. It would rip through Pittsburgh. Didn't do that. Okay. It ripped through three cities, Wuhan, the Lombardy area in Italy and New York City. And then it kind of fizzled out into this normal curve. What do we call a virus? We call it a little bit of genetic material, RNA usually, or DNA, wrapped in a lipoprotein coat that gets into your mucous membranes, like in your nose or your eyes, and it makes you sick or kills you. What would we call a contact genetic pathogen? A little bit of genetic material wrapped in a lipoprotein coat. synthetic genetic material wrapped in a synthetic gen, uh, lipoprotein coat that gets into your mucous membranes and can make you sick or kill you. Now, in 2015, there was a, a paper that was came out, and it had to do with getting rid of mice population in Australia. And it used what they called self-disseminating vaccines. And if you look at how they were made, they were made very similar to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine with a, with a uh, replicant-deficient um, virus that was specific to the mice population. And the way it worked is they, they, they had a mathematical formula that they worked out how many mice they had to vaccinate in order to kill off a certain percentage of the population. And what they did is they gave the mice the injection or the, the vaccine. I don't remember how they administered it, but they gave them the injection. It sterilized them by going to their ovaries and, and sterilizing the female mice. Then they went out, they, they, were, they were released and they went out and they rubbed up against a whole bunch of other mice and they got the vaccine 
and then they became sterile, and then they rubbed up against a whole group of mice, and then the same thing happened, and then it kind of petered out. That's the, that's the self-disseminating property of this vaccine. Now, let's just say we have, we're dealing with something like that. You take a, and, and I'll, I can tell you there's lots of history of us being involved in, in potential uh, studies about this. Um, you take this potential pathogen, this, this pathogen, and you put it in a lipoprotein coat that you can put out places, and then you just spread it around the cities you want to go down. And then you watch what happens. And it, and it, it, and some people get really sick and die. They spread it to other people. It looks like it's infectious, but it's really not. And it's controllable in that it doesn't have to go everywhere. It just has to take down enough cities to make us afraid. And then you come out with the very same pathogen and you re, repackage it as a vaccine. Because let's look, we figured out, you know, coronavirus has 30,000 base pairs, they claim. But the part that makes you sick has less than 300 base pairs. It's the spike protein head of this virus. On on so this you're virus. saying they have like a viral spike protein chemical simulant that does the same thing. You have all the studies. And I know the UN's obsessed with vaccines that self-spread that depopulate. And so here we are. Here we are. And if you look at what Ralph Barrick, all the people that I'm sure you've talked about, I know you've talked about Ralph Barrick in North Carolina. There was Dr. Shu with uh, Dr. Frank Plummer, who's dead now from Winnipeg. Now talk of, about uh, it, explain Obama and this program going on in North Carolina, moved to Wuhan. I mean, it's just crazy how they were all involved running this. Well, yeah, and I don't just point my fingers at the Chinese. Quite frankly, this is a this is a supernatural. Uh, oh, I agree. Down. They're globalists. They were all involved. They're just they're they're part of the action arm here. But but we you know what? Well, to understand that, you got to understand Tony Fauci's the bag man. I, that's what I call it. He's the bag man. Everybody right now, what you know, you're watching him being thrown under the bus. But he's really just the bag man, meaning the mob term. I think for when you take the big mob boss money. You spread it out to the people to do these jobs, and then you make sure they do the jobs or you break their legs. Okay, so so Dr. Fauci and his career at the NIH and why we're listening to him about medical advice, by the way, I have no clue, because as far as I know, he went from medical training to being administrator and researcher at the NIH and has never done anything else. We should be listening to people that are actually saving people's lives. But that's another part of the story. He's the bagman. So he spreads out all this money and over his career at the NIH, he's actually had about $800 billion go across his desk. I mean, who in the government has that kind of allocation authority? And what he did with that is he did a couple things. One is he spread it to these hospitals and these university research places, and he, it allowed them to overbuild. So they're dependent on that money. So now if they want to talk to you about hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, oh, no, 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 it's got to be remdesivir or we, we jerk your funding for next year. So that's a control mechanism. But the other thing that has happened over a long time, this many decades, that, that money was put out to people that were essentially taking, uh, studying uh, natural genomes. They loved the, the coronavirus genome, and especially this bat coronavirus, because I guess it was very manipulable. Dr. Lee Merritt, stay there. This is riveting. Back in just a few minutes, a couple long segments coming up. Wow, you could just say, listen to you for days. This is so true. So I've researched it all. And I know what you're saying is accurate. Plus, you've got even more knowledge. So everybody, tune in now. I also want to go through the evidence and talk about how do we stop it? What do we do? How does she think we counter this straight ahead? TheMedicalRebel.com. Find all her great work there. So Dr. Lee Merritt's an amazing medical doctor, author, researcher. She's with us now. And you understand she's being very moral here. She's reverse engineering it all herself, going over evidence.
But you can go to John Hopkins. You can go to the Rockefeller Foundation. You can go to all these places and have them talk about bringing in an authoritarian world government using a virus and the fear of a virus and ending free societies and bringing in technocracies that use computers to control you in the name of stopping viruses. Here's a report out of all places. John Hopkins, Technologies to Address Global Catastrophic Biological Risk. And it talks about self-spreading vaccines, self-amplifying mRNA vaccines. And, of course, then Germany passed a law letting these things be shedders. I mean, they admit that's what's going on. And we have Fauci. Let's play a clip of Fauci talking about antibody-dependent enhancement in March of last year. But then when Dr. Merritt or Dr. Yidon or Dr. Whoever brings it up, oh, then they're kooks and bad. But here's Fauci. The issue of safety, something that I want to make sure the American public understand. It's not only safety when you inject somebody and they get maybe an idiosyncratic reaction, they get a little allergic reaction, they get pain. There's safety associated. Does the vaccine make you worse? And there are diseases in which you vaccinate someone, they get infected with what you're trying to protect them with, and you actually enhance the infection. You can get a good feel for that in animal models. So that's going to be interspersed at the same time that we're testing. We're going to try and make sure we don't have enhancement. It's the worst possible thing you could do. Oh, is that is why you skipped the animal trials? infection and actually Is it already done worse. under other names? And, of course, uh, here's the CEO. This, this is a real interview. It's not a joke. Of uh, Pfizer saying he doesn't need the vaccine. Here it is. Uh, 59 years old, in good health. I'm not working in the front line. So my type is not recommended to get vaccination. Dr. Lee Merritt, so clearly this is the way the globalists take over. They admit it. It's out in the open. I want to get into the nuts and bolts of this, go wherever you want to go now. But also later, just give us the big picture and how you think we defeat it. Please continue. Well, I was just I had talked about Fauci being the guy that distributed the money. And that's important later. But then it, it went to all these labs around the world. Uh, you know, there's a Dr. Xi and Wuhan that was collaborating with Ralph Barrick and Frank Plummer, and Dr. Xu and her husband up in Winnipeg. And it reads when you know all the details, I will go into it like a, a John Ray novel. I mean, just just one uh, fact here is that Dr. Plummer brought some stuff back that was looked like MERS, but it was some lung stuff from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And he has this PLA uh, virologist working in his lab, Dr. Shu. And at some point, some of this stuff gets back to China and people start complaining about it. And the only thing that really happens, there wasn't a great big investigation, but what happened is, is that the, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police came in, escorted her and her husband out, and they went back behind the bamboo curtain just before all this happened. Dr. Plummer, in, on February 4th, goes down to give a lecture in uh, Africa, and just, and he's my age, and he's in good health, but he drops dead of a heart attack. So there's a lot of that going around that looks a lot like cutting your tail, you know, cutting your ties. But at any rate, a lot of this money went out. So now this, now, you know, the very, two things happened on October 19th, 2019. One is we had Event 201, which I think all of your listeners know about, uh, where they did a war game with a pandemic, with something they came up with, oh, I know, let's just come up with a novel coronavirus as the pathogen. They did that. But the other thing that people don't talk about was that on, on October 19th, the International World Military Games started 
in Wuhan, China. And so the Chinese claimed, by the way, after this, that they, that the disease came over with their with athletes, and they did have some evidence about this. What I can tell you is there is no evidence it came from the food market, and there's actually it's it's interesting that you cannot what they claim is this virus cannot be re, cannot reinfect bats. So this is it goes along with what we now believe is that this is a lab created pathogen. Not that it didn't come from bat DNA, but it's or RNA, but it's sure they took it and took it so far away that it then couldn't reinfect bats. And exactly, not that we defend the Chicoms, but clearly right. the globalists put the Chicoms in power. They were trying to use this and move it to China to have plausible deniability when they released it on America, their real target. Now, here's here's what I tell people about worldview. This this is what happened after the whole thing broke out and. Um, you know, the question is how we how we deal with it. Well, you know, you heard everybody knows now about Kerry Mullis saying that this is not the right test. You don't use PCR tests for diagnosis. He also, by the way, called Fauci an idiot. And then he was dead. Um, I'm not suicidal, by the way. Uh, but in anyway, what happened is they started using these PCR tests. And OK, we'll agree it's not the right test. But the, but how they use them is very enlightening as to what we think about the worldview that happened in 2020, because. Lab managers are trained professionals. They really understand uh, how to set up tests. They, they, they know how to train their staff. They know how to read the brochures. If they had a test that was routinely 90 minutes off or 90 90 90 uh, percent false positives, they would they'd be fired from a hospital lab. Right. So what happened in 2020? Every lab of any size took these tests in with the brochure, and I read the thermal official brochure that says you, you cycle it 20 to 30 times, maybe 20 to 35 if you want some false positives, but never over 35. We have a whole world of lab managers now setting up to, to cycle these from 40 to 50 times, you know, 35 above to 50 times, and maybe more. So you have to either believe that in 2020, you had a world psychosis of lab managers. Everybody just lost their way all of a sudden. They had some kind of brain blivet, and they and they all did the wrong thing. And interestingly, they all did the wrong thing in the same direction. None of them accidentally undercycled. That's one worldview. Or you have to believe that they were all told to overcycle the test. And so that now, means what, there is the criminal blueprint of that. Where is the FBI? I mean, there, there is a group saying fraudulently do this, shut the country down. Right. And who could that group be? It couldn't be, you know, a hospital CEO because all the hospitals. No, it's it. only the NIH and it's only the CDC and it's the U.N. Well, it has to go bigger than that because it isn't just our states and our country. It's worldwide. So somebody at a yeah, somebody at a transnational level told people to overcycle all these tests. And what could the purpose be? The purpose, because I don't believe, and I don't think most people believe in the group psychosis theory of lab managers. So what, what could the purpose of this be? There's only one outcome of it, to make this disease look scary and worse, to get everybody in fear for the second stage of the takedown, which really follows, you know, uh, Biederman's chart of coercion, the, the, the psychologist that looked at there's a war coming back of, of Korea. He said, if you want to get them, what they did, because the government said, did the Chinese give them some kind of potion or the Koreans, you know, what, what, was, what happened to these guys that they now hate their country? That was where we got the term brainwashing and Manchurian candidate. And what Dr. Biederman said is, no, it was just standard psychologic techniques. What do you do? First, you isolate people. Think the lockdowns. The second thing you do, yep, there it is. The second thing you do, you um, 
you uh, monopolize their perception. You constantly, these people that might have listened to half an hour of the news every night, now are listening to nonstop CNN or whatever, and they're getting this constant fear drummed into them that the whole world is dying, and if you go outside your house without a mask, you're going to have a problem. And then it doesn't, and then, you know, I'm going to shorten that. There's a lot of other things you do. Um, but including one we should watch out for, and that is you get more freedom for a while, and then they clamp it down again. Look at Australia. But the real next step was creating confusion, because when you add fear and confusion, you get Stockholm Syndrome patients. You get people that are will bend to your will just to get out of this anxiety zone you've created. And I learned this from a child psychologist, psychiatrist friend of mine in L.A. Doctor, this said, is riveting. We've only got one more segment. Hopefully you can do a little bit in the next hour because I want to give you the floor. You're right. I call it mass Stockholm Syndrome. What are the ways to deprogram people out of that? Because you, you, I mean, you can see this is literally the Manchurian candidate. This is happening for real. TheMedicalRebel.com, Dr. Lee Merritt, amazing lady. Find all her information there on that site. Remember us, InfoWarsStore.com. Only way we stay on air is you support us. We appreciate you. Vitamin Mineral Fusion for your immune system. Back in stock, 33% off. So the whole thing's hiding in plain view. You have the big global corporations. They set up communist China. They set up the EU. They took control of the U.S., there were major movements against their takeover, and in their own white papers, like lockstep by the Rockefellers, the Rockefeller Foundation now officially runs the White House response to COVID and runs the UN response. You know, Gates was the front guy for them, but he's been partially removed, and they're doing this. And and now, last year, I want to ask our, our, our expert doctor friend, it was gunshot wounds and car wrecks and heart attacks and regular flu and pneumonia. And the numbers were basically the same as she said in the curve. Well, before the numbers came out in the last month, I could see it because we deal with warehouses and we deal with a lot of things. And I've got family that works in the medical sector. And I talked to people all over the country and the world. And they said, my God, uh, especially the U.S. compared to anywhere. It's hospitals full, all sorts of weird viruses, people super sick. And now it's in the news, oh, there's something like polio, but it's different. And, oh, there's these other diseases, and, oh, there's super viruses. And then I've been talking to some former heads of U.S. intelligence agencies and a lot of medical doctors, and they say the consensus is what you just said, doctor, that they're releasing a synthetic protein that has the viral effect, but it's not the vir virus, so it's basically a biological poison so they can cover it up. And that's why they did a few cities to scare uh, the pathologist and people around the world to get behind the lockdowns. Uh, but then you also have the viral shedding going on. So looking at that, Dr. Lee Merritt, how do we, again, counter something like this? And what do you expect to come next? And what numbers are you actually seeing on the ground? Because I can tell you, 80% of the people I know have been sick the last two months. Uh, I mean, it, it's been hell here in Austin. Uh, I've got family that sold out of a bunch of stuff, but they owned a bunch of uh, dental offices, half those are closed right now because of this. I mean, on the ground, we're seeing devastating real-life numbers. What are you hearing? Well, yeah, I think you. What, a couple of things about the numbers. You know, last year, we didn't build one new cemetery, okay? I mean, that tells you something. We're, we, If you look at the world data, which they don't they don't make our data that easy to find, that they're always two years before, late to tell you how many people died in the U.S., but world data shows it was basically the same death rate last year as it was the year before and the year before. And year. Exactly. It wasn't radically different, okay? Now, that isn't to say there isn't something going on, 
But it, it's not perhaps what we have been told. I don't think it is what we've been told. And all this, this nonsense about, and well, let me just say, I talked to you about the cycling of the tests, and they claim they're going to correct that as of January 1st or whatever, and they're going to change the test. But I think one of the other things to say about these tests, and this makes everything suspect about what's going on and why people are dying now. I took, you know, these tests were developed by three uh, different places, the, the, the uh, Louis Pasteur Institute in Europe, the CDC, and the Drosten tests. And they give you, it turns out, I just found, you can find the genomic sequence on these tests that they're using for the different, they each have three proteins they're looking for. They developed these to theoretically diagnose COVID, right, to diagnose SARS-CoV-2, a virus, they say. I ran those genetic sequences through BLAST. BLAST is the, what you, if you have a little, if I, if I see a, a squished something on the floor, I want to know what it is and I scrape it up and I get it, I prime it, I put primers down there and figure out the genetic sequence of the stuff. I can put it into BLAST and it tells me the closest fit. Oh, that's a banana or that's a chimpanzee, uh, you know, gene three. Well, I put all these these PCR tests, they're theoretically testing for SARS-CoV-2, expecting that I would get some SARS-CoV-2 pop-up, everyone popped up homo sapiens, different genes. In other words, we're being tested to ourselves, it looks like. Now, I'm, I'm waiting for well, somebody you're, else. You're the doctor, so quantify that for those of us that are ignorant. What does that mean? They're not testing for the gene of SARS-CoV-2. They're testing for our own human genetics. So, the so they're going, oh, you're human. That means you're positive. You're the disease. So it's creating this year, in other words, another huge, huge, vast falsehood. We don't, we, we haven't really isolated the virus. We don't know what we're dealing with. And we have false tests. So now here's the problem. And I can tell you, this is a problem that hit my family. Both my husband and I were very sick. And he ended up in the hospital in spite of my best efforts. Well, that's that's and, what I'm seeing. I'm seeing nothing was going on last year. All hell's breaking loose. I don't need to read the newspaper. I can see it. So there's a so there's a couple things that could be going on. One is, and I think this may be part of it, there may be spreading something else. We don't know. Can't prove that. Can't. But what I can absolutely prove is that there's a double head fake going on with physicians. And what's happened is now everybody is thinking we're all treating COVID. We're all treating a virus. Okay. And you know, they've, they've suppressed all the literature that shows you, uh, you know, 83 peer-reviewed studies on ivermectin, over 200 on hydroxychloroquine, that those drugs work. So when you go into a hospital, several things happen. The first thing that happens is it, what, what would have happened 10 years ago, if you came in short of breath, coughing, having a chest x-ray that's got infiltrate, what would they treat you for? they treat you with antibiotics for pneumonia. And many people were saved by that, okay? That's a classic treatment. Now, exactly. One of my one of my own crew members, Rob Dew, went. They wouldn't even get him antibiotics. He got out, took them, and got better. They wouldn't even give right. him that in Austin. What default because, would be give antibiotics. They don't do it now because they probably gave him a test. Said, "Oh, you're positive for COVID, so we don't treat that with antibiotics." And that's the problem here is that we're forgetting all those other pulmonary diseases, all the other things that can happen. Even, I mean, one of uh, a staff member's father died because he had what sounded like a, a bowel obstruction. He was a 50-year physician. He went into the hospital, positive for COVID, and they took him into isolation room and had no workup for his bowel and died. I mean, I have to say, this is part of the takedown. I don't think... Sure, it's a takeover of medicine where they don't do regular tests. They just say it's COVID and you die. 
And one of the problems here, this is the big problem, so I'm not saying there isn't something out here, but if it is one of these nanoparticles that we've been infected with, similar to the ones we've already been infected with, we now have some strategies. I've got them outlined on my side, but good doctors like Dr. Zelenko and Didier Raoul and Dr. Uh, Corey, you know, all these guys, um, they figured out things. And Dr. McCullough put bravely at the cost of his job, put all these things together. We're listening, our hospitals are listening to people like Tony Fauci that are not treating physicians. And they're not listening to people like Brian Tyson, my friend in El Centro. He's seen, he has treated over 6,200 patients. The people that came to see him, he's only had seven deaths and two hospitalizations. But those are people that, those, and those all were people, the deaths were all in people that came too late. They came after seven days. So the issue here is we know we have lots of treatments. We got to get immediate treatment. We've got Yeah, we got to we got to remind doctors to treat people like you did. Remember how you treated people 10 years ago or even three years ago when we had the maximum medicine. It's one thing to miss untreatable disease, but don't ever miss treatable well, disease. Well, Doc, let's so go my, back. I'm not a doctor like you, but I remember a year and a half ago when they when the COVID was going around, they'd say, stay at home. So you can't breathe. Well, regular folks with pneumonia weren't getting anything. They're still doing it. They get they go to the hospital. They say you're not sick enough for treatment yet. Now, you know, the idea of the hospitals being full, I haven't observed that. I, I mean, I'm not working anymore in a hospital somewhat thanks to this. But but I, I hear people that do. There are a lot of nurses squeaking out there and they say, no, we're not overwhelmed. No, That's I agree. Not- a lot of places aren't. A lot of nurses have quit over forced speculation. I'm just saying last year was quiet compared to even the year before from when I saw this year. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in. The evidence, I've got all the articles right here. Doc, can you speak to this? That most of the people dying or most of the folks in the hospital have been vaccinated. Yeah, and that's another thing they're not telling you the truth about. You know, Pfizer, when they first vaccinated the Israelis, okay, it's kind of a good test because it's one country, kind of homogeneous, and they used one vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine. At a a time, and the government released data like mid-February, it was reviewed by some Israelis living in France, uh, Dr. Seligman, who's an epidemiologist from Marseille, and his partner, Yativ, who's a, uh, an engineer. These guys reviewed the data. At the time that 12.5% of the Israelis had been vaccinated, 51% of the deaths from COVID, the disease we're supposed to be vaccinating against, were in vaccinated people. And then when they looked at, they broke it down by age, Dr. Seligman and, it, and his partner came out and they said, look at yeah, the government tells you it's 95% success or effective. That's a talking point. You know, uh, again, every time you hear this 95 number, I'm, I swear, that's just propaganda from our intelligence services. The real number was if you were over 65 and you took the vaccine, you were 40 times more likely to die of COVID. And if you were under 29, it was even worse. I mean, the, 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 the damage versus if you'd just been left alone, because under 29-year-old people don't die to begin with of COVID. And so that's happening all over now. Um, I think I heard Massachusetts, there was something like 70% of the people that were in the ICU were vaccinated. If the, part of the problem, they're going to lie to you about these numbers. Don't be confused. And don't be confused about Delta variants. I mean, even if there is a Delta variant, their own numbers show it's the least deadly out there. So, uh, you know, you had my friend Kate Daly on here, and she's very funny, and she calls anybody that believes in these variants as a member of the Lambda Delta Nu fraternity for morons. Sure, I mean, stay there then. Don, we got two more segments with you. I want to hear you just lay out what you think we should do, how we should counter. Uh, should we see the indictment of Fauci, the bag man, 
because that's the way to <laughs> shut down these guys being the authority is to expose they're the authors of this takeover. Hour number three, stay with us. Welcome back into hour number three. Lee Marin, this is a short segment, long segment coming up that you're going to leave us. We really appreciate your time. Please continue to impart your great knowledge on folks. Well, I guess in the short segment, I'm going to say to people, you know, there's kind of three phases here to take our world back. The first one is you have to take safety for your own family. And I, and I want to talk a little about that. And then the next thing is um, how to how to prepare for the future. And then the last and, and how to deal with the mandates, because I get calls on that all the time on the mandates. And um, and then and then we can finish up with how to take the world back, I guess. But the first thing is you have to figure out when you look at who you're going to trust again, don't trust the, the government officials and the hospital of official statements, keeping in mind hospitals and, and their senior staff and people. I mean, they're taking blood money to tell you these things. They're, they're taking money from Dr. Fauci that prohibits them from talking to you about things that really could save your life. Here's a really simple one. Why, after all the billions of dollars we gave the CDC, did they not tell you to take vitamin D? You know, Alex, you got it in the shop. This is, you know, it's so it's so simple. It's not expensive. But the biggest, the Indonesians looked at this and they realized the biggest risk to ending up in the ICU or dead is having a vitamin D level below 30. And I'm just going to tell you, the sun doesn't do that for you. I lived in the sunniest city in America. I tested people all the time. They're in the 20s playing golf. You know, so you need to take a D supplement if you don't do anything else. I have a list of, of several, literally like six things I think you need to take, maybe seven. Um, and we're learning more and more all the time. But but simple things. These are not expensive. So where's our government? Where are the big guys? Where are the university boys telling us this? They're not. And you need to do that. You need to in do fact, that In right fact, they now. attack people that promoted that and vitamin C yeah. and zinc, showing that, again, big pharma wanted us sick. That's right. That's right. That's why I say I'm not suicidal either. Uh, you know, and then the other thing is ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. There is just no question they work. Now, if you're sick, you need to be treated early. And I'm going to tell you, even if you go to a doctor that cares and is a, that knows about the protocols and, 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 and writes for you for ivermectin, pharmacies may be out. There's a shortage of everything. And the price has gone up considerably considerably. I mean, for 120 tablets now, the ivermectin, you'll pay $500 if you don't have insurance. So a lot of people can't afford that. So there are ways of getting these things offline. You don't have to see a doctor to get them over the internet. People that worry about getting drugs from overseas, I point out that the Chinese have been supplying our, our pharmaceuticals, almost over 90% of them for the last decade. So anyway, now yeah, your drugs already come from China. Yeah. So why turn your nose up at Mexico? Yeah, or India. You know, I, I I was in India and I went to a dirt floor pharmacy and got stuff that was wrapped by Searle. I mean, come on. So it, it works. And um, and so let me just mention about uh, one quick thing on the on mandates because their kids are going back to the schools and their masks and all that sort of stuff. Nobody can give you a little hall pass. Your doctor can't do it. If you ask your doctor for a vaccine uh, certificate or a, va I mean, a vaccine pass or a mask, what it's going to do is put your doctor on the ridge line to the medical board in his state or her state. So don't expect there are only five. Uh, Dr. McCullough just said this the other day that he thinks there are about 500 doctors trying to stand up against this whole tsunami. It is time to realize, people, that we are at war. It's not a virus. They're coming after you. They're coming after your children. And when it comes to mask mandates in the school, they don't care about your children. They don't care about education of your children. 
They care about the money of your child sitting in that seat. That's the only thing they care about. And I would I would recommend that you just get with your friends, get all together and go down and put down your homeschooling uh, paperwork. You know, the collectivists among the school people would probably have a real hissy fit if 20, 30 people suddenly pulled their kids out of school. That's a lot of money to the school district. That's the kind of action that's going to make a difference. All right, Doc, we're back in 60 seconds. You're on fire. I want to get back into action and back into what you're saying and and, and back in how we stand up against this. As you just said, there's a lot of great material on your site, themedicalrebel.com. That is scary. It is about 500 doctors who are following the Hippocratic Oath and Common Sense, standing up against this whole thing, who've been censored, attacked, and demonized. We've got to boost and support every single one of you, like our lives depend on it, because they do. Well, another impressive soul, a great lady, a great patriot, and as she said, she's been trained to be a medical doctor since she was four years old, with her daddy, who was a doctor, going around seeing his patients. You know, that's how I grew up becoming a large animal vet, never got a degree in it, was working on the ranch at four or five, six years old, going around and working on cows and horses. That's how you get the real knowledge. And here she is all those years later exposing this great tyranny. So, Doc, you've been on a roll. Please continue. Well, the next thing people need to know is, and I, I usually never in my whole life did I tell people don't do a treatment or don't do a vaccine. I used to say, look, you need to educate yourself and make your own decision. This is what I know about it, blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm going to just tell you, I believe the vaccine is part of the bioweapon or the big bioweapon right now. And we don't know the long-term consequences. I can tell you we are seeing cancers break out. Um, and that's because they dumb down your innate immune system. How crazy is it to do this? You've had COVID, you're immune. You take the vaccine and it now takes away all that immunity to this, this God-given natural great immunity to COVID or to the SARS-CoV-2, whatever you want to call it. And gives you this little synthetic immunity that might give you a problem later and certainly is giving you a problem now as we see with clots and cancers and myocarditis and all the stuff that's happening. So don't take the vaccine. If you did take the vaccine, we're trying to ameliorate the problems. I've got a thing on my side about uh, what to do if you have vaccine remorse. I think we're going to get better at this. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's the kiss of death that, that um, uh, Luke Montagnier said. And he was misquoted, by the way. What he really said is if you take it, this vaccine and then you wear a mask, you might be dead in a couple of years. Or if you get another vaccine, you may be dead in a couple of years because they're additive. They're super additive. So don't wear, don't take the vaccine. And I think here's, I guess we were talking, we started with the military. And I just want to say this one point quickly about that. One of the saddest vaccine stories in the military was the anthrax vaccine that gave people, it was one batch of the anthrax vaccine, no question, had squalene as an adjuvant, pushed through an emergency use for the Gulf War. And that's what gave these guys Gulf War syndrome. Now, one of my great friends and neighbors uh, works in the VA. He had to take he took the vaccine years ago that gave people Gulf War syndrome, but he but and, and it had squalene in it. But fortunately, he hasn't been damaged yet uh, that we know of. But he has he gets a letter from the VA saying, you know, make sure if you have any uh, neurologic signs and symptoms, you remember that you're at risk of amyotrophic lateral sclerosis or you know Lou Gehrig's disease, fatal neurologic disease at four times the baseline rate. And they remind him of that and that he can come and get free care in the VA. Well, he works in the VA. But what did they do? They just forced him to get vaccinated with a vaccine that also has squalene in it. I say that because it tells you the, the psychopaths that are running this. They knew they put squalene back in Fluad in 2017 after they knew it caused the Gulf War syndrome. So um, 
keep that in mind when you want to trust these guys. I have, I have, you know, I give a talk and some little old lady will come up, little old lady being a couple of years older than me, will come up and say, well, what about the shingles vaccine? And I say, listen, you heard what I just said about the, what, what's, what's been going on. I don't even trust my toothpaste. How are you going to take another vaccine? The other thing is don't wear a mask. I'm going to tell you, I don't care what they do. I mean, they're talking about a $600 fine in Omaha or six months in jail. I think I'm going to go down and look at the Douglas County jail and see what it looks like. Um, you know, the the masks are evil. They're just pure evil. I, in fact, this is I came uh, I ended up on your band dot video when I gave my mask lecture for AFLDS, the America's Frontline Doctors. Why? Why are masks so important? Because they are the psychologic underpinning of the psyop of this terrible event. Okay, when people put a mask on, it's a symbol of obedience, transformation. It's a slave mask. It says, "I'm going to obey you and do all this crazy stuff." Yeah, and so now, if you, if people take them off and they go, "Hey, nothing happened to me." Hey, that was just all that crazy Dr. Fauci, the disinformation guy, telling me to do this. If I'm, I, nothing's happening out here, life's going on. That would be a problem for them. Um, cause you so have they to want to keep wanna, it going. They want to keep their, their control going. They're going to try and remask us. And if you really look, I got to tell you something. Oh, right here in Travis County, they're trying to order all the school children to do it, despite the fact the governor blocked it. Well, and despite the fact that we have the, the, the WikiLeaks of, Fauci's emails that tells he knows it didn't work. We have we have, you know, uh, decades of history and science that show it didn't work. The only science that purports to show it works happened after the outbreak. And and here's and here's the big one is that these masks, I mean, the, the actual medical literature, they, I think it was in JAMA. I mean, I don't I don't know if it was JAMA or New England Journal of Medicine in the midst of this after Fauci kept changing his mind about whether medical people needed it. No, they don't. They need it. But you don't need it. Then you needed it. Then you couldn't. Oh, it was just to keep your hand off your face. I love that one. OK, I'm going to be mandated to keep my hand off my face. It's just a symbol then, of mass mental illness. Doc, let me shift gears here because you raised a point that I meant to ask you about when I wanted to get you on weeks ago. And that is, I see New York Times, Washington Post, eight months ago when the so-called injections began, the vaccines began, the gene, the, the gene therapies, they would say, it's going to make your lymph nodes swell up, and it might make <laughs> your uterus swell up or your breasts, but doctors, if it looks like a tumor, just don't worry about it. Well, then Roger Stone's wife takes the second Pfizer shot. They tell her she has lymphomic, non-Hobskins Right in the limp, no word happened, stage four. I know a bunch of other people. All the, the phones load up when I open the phones. I see it in the news where women are 35, 40 years old, never had a problem. Now their menstrual cycles all the time. They have hysterectomies. Uh, they're being told they have cancer. So they said, oh, don't worry about the false cancer. It's a false alarm. But when they see their doctor, they say, no, that's cancer. So th this is dramatic. Well, what's going on there? Well, again, it's, they dumb down our immune system. What do you have your immune system for? You have your immune system for not just infectious diseases, but to keep the virus and the cancer genes in check that we all have in our DNA. So, so those killer T's are going around eating cancer all day. And when you take the vaccine, they admit it lowers it by one third, at least the Pfizer. And so you don't have the troops on call. So if you almost had cancer in a breast or almost had cancer in a lymph node, I guess then it happens. 
I see. Well, it, it actually allows, yeah, it, it's not specific, I think, but it allows cancer genes to be expressed because you've lost the ability to methylate, which is a chemical process. You can help it by taking betaine or dimethylglycine or things we can talk about. But the, but, but the point is it, it stops this process of stabilizing that DNA segment for the cancer. So these things are coming out. They should have, they, and that's what, you know, the informed consent, if in real, if we'd gotten real informed consent, informed consent in their mind is roll up your sleeve. Oh, you might have a little itching or swelling. Well, if people got heart. told this might turn your immune system off and give you cancer, they wouldn't do it. But they don't tell them that. They wouldn't be doing it. That's right. And if you remember, if you go back in history, and I, I studied this extensively, the, you know, the, there were seven Nazi physicians that were, that were killed, that were hung for crimes against humanity, mass murder. Most of them, I think almost all except at least one, didn't commit murder themselves at all. What they did was they allowed a system to be in place that allowed coercion for people to be in experiments, in other words, the prisoners, and they did not apply informed consent. What does that sound like today? We are coercing people. You can't draw, you can't uh, shop in this place or you can't go to, first it was little stuff like you couldn't go to the zoo. But now they're saying you won't be able to buy groceries. You won't be able to travel on airplanes. This is absolute to- coercion, Nuremberg violation 101. Yeah. And so, you know, so that's why you need to not accede to this. And by the way, people that, you know, now it's at the, the, you know, cut time here on the military, apparently. But the problem is, what are they if they take this one? It won't be over. Anybody that accedes to this thinking, OK, I know it doesn't make well, they're a lot already of sense. saying in Israel, oh, the two shots is enough. Now you must have the third. And now they're talking about a fourth. And Trudeau up in Canada already bought like five years out. So whether it's masks or whether it's the vaccine or whether it's, you know, stupid antisocial distancing, I don't care what you pick. These are nonsense things that are put in place to, to as part of Bar- Beaton's chart of coercion. You're amazing. TheMedicalRebel.com, Dr. Lee Marin. She's a real champion. We love her. We appreciate her. Okay, so uh, you are listening to Radio 5G. My name is Nancy Hopkins, and with me now is Mark Joseph. And we've just listened to uh, Alex Alex Jones and Dr. Lee Merritt, who I have heard before, but not with her, the only person there. I heard her on a a group of people. Uh, But Mark has been following her for quite a while, and he recommended her. He keeps recommending her. And so we put this together, and um, she really has a stunning amount of information. Um, what we want to do, though, is, well, first off, um, how are you doing today, Mark? You're doing good, I'm supposing, because I've been talking to you for a little bit before we started this recording. Um, you want to say hi to everybody? Yeah, um, thank you. Uh, doing good, gearing up for battle in the multi-layers, so glad to be here. And Mark, is, this is went only 52 minutes, so we're going to... I'm going to turn it over to Mark because he's familiar with her website and he's got a couple of things that she has written that will even add more to uh, what you just heard. Is that right? That's what we're going to do? Right. So I, I, I'm pretty much almost listening to her latest interviews regularly, like weekly. Um, I mean, the iPhone has this thing of a podcast and then if you have a Wi-Fi signal, you could – in the podcast app, uh, check a person's name to see what's when was their latest interview. Now it's not a hundred percent. Maybe it's like um, sixty, maybe close to seventy percent accurate. 
because even putting the name in doesn't show up like the latest. But anyway, um, so this was from the 25th, August 25th, that was just played. And so she constantly keeps referencing um, the book Unrestricted Warfare. So I got the book. I haven't really read it a lot, but just reading the um, – I don't know. I can read the uh, a table of contents here. Um, the weapons revolution, which invariably come first. The war god's face has become indistinct. Um, let's see. New methodology of war games. Uh, seeking rules of victory. The force moves away from the point of the enemy's attack. 10,000 methods combined as one. Combinations that transcend boundaries. So um, it it's kind of like the Mark Steele approach to where everything or anything can be used as a weapon against you. I mean, when you go to nanotech level obviously and then those who listen to super soldier secret secret space program um shows i mean we know uh that they can go down two levels from that uh, at least what's known publicly femtotech and picotech <clears throat> and there is documentation of that if you listen to tony pantaloresco who's been fighting nanobiotech for 13 plus years and his crew um but I was kind of connecting the Unrestricted Warfare book to a couple other documentations uh, that have been, what do you call it, more publicly available, just not as, as visible. So one of the ones that keeps coming up, because I'm, I'm a pretty regular listener of um, um, InfoWars, and, and uh, one of my favorites is Jay Dyer, who, you know, has been – one of the best people to update the transhumanism, um, new imperialism uh, take that's been going on for, you could say, hundreds of years. But And so one of the documents he keeps bringing up is called From PSYOP to Mind War, The Psychology of Victory by Colonel Paul Vallely and Major Michael Aquino, a document written to increase the influence of the quote-unquote spoonbenders in the U.S. military. So – um, Aquino, obviously known for uh, helping start Church of Satan, Temple of Set. That's how I first initially heard of him because I think he helped write the Satanic Rituals and, and was an influence in um, uh, the organization, uh, especially with – I mean there were a lot of military members actually at the time uh, because in tr it, it's the, – the church was a hyper-individualism um, structure rather than worshiping the devil or – sacrificing this or that i mean to be in the church you have to follow all laws of whatever country you're in so this whole thing about child sacrificing and killing of animals off the bat was not was was like this is not where this is at uh in the satanic bible so point being is that it's it's hyper individualism and um non-conformity freedom based um and so anyway um let me see. This was aside from Jay Dyer, um, Zero Hedge brought it up recently, maybe like a month ago. So, just read part of it here. Um, the let me see. Psyop to my more psychology victory discusses the necessity to wage perpetual psychological warfare against friend and enemy populations alike, and even the American people. And quoting the paper. Mind war must target all participants to be effective. 
it mustn't only weaken the enemy, it must strengthen the U.S. It strengthens the U.S. by denying enemy propaganda access to our people and by explaining and emphasizing to our people the rationale for our national interest in a specific war. Uh, there are some purely natural conditions under which minds may become more or less receptive to ideas, and mind wars should take full advantage of such phenomena as atmospheric electromagnetic activity, air ionization, and extremely low frequency waves. So for me, as a personal application, the I, the term air ionization came up because I've mentioned in um, Shanghai Show, people should check out Karen McDonald, who uses the uh, biofeedback app, The Genius. Um, and so she gives been giving away free frequencies on YouTube and BitChute of like a compressed of like nearly 300 frequencies to rebalance yourself when you're around this uh, mRNA spike protein nanotech that's being shed transmit transmitted. And so she recommends an air ionizer called uh, Air Tamer, and they have you know, go to AirTamer.com. I just recently got one of them. Might buy another for relatives and um i like it because um for my own uh, what do you call it uh socialization a latin performing arts socials you know you're around people all the time and the area i'm in supposedly majority um got the shot <clears throat> and so this air ionizer creates a uh <clears throat> one cubic meter of uh combating bacteria, viruses, and, and similar things. So just go to check out airtamer.com as far as an option. Now, obviously, Shungite um, has its own, uh, what do you call it, um, personal space that it, it um, protects. But that, that'll be on uh, the Tuesday show to cover. Um, Let me just yeah. ask you this. Is this something that you're personally wearing? Yeah, so... Uh, one of my jobs for work is um, at these nutritional grocery stores and stuff, sales marketing. And so I'm around people all the time, even for my second job. And I have this on all the time. Uh, not so much outside, but more inside. You know, you have the lines and, 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 and whatever during rush hour. So, yeah. Um, now, in, in relation to that, so one of the pointed highlights in, in the interview uh, near the end was was solutions and what people can do, which was great. Um, and so the 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 specificness was DMG dimethylglycine and um, where did I write that down? The triglycine. Uh, here it is. Yeah. So people who got the shot or vax remorse and, and are concerned about the cancer thing, uh, they uh, Dr. Merritt said, yeah. To have a good methyl donor so it's dmg dimethylglycine which you can get in capsule form another version of it is betaine and or trimethylglycine uh, to take a couple times a day now anybody who takes notes with this show has known has remembered from like a month or two ago when uh dr mikevis was on the Stu peters show and she mentioned the same thing uh dmg to take uh specifically where um the spike protein does get into the cell, what do you do? So you take DMG. Uh, but if it's not in the cell and you're concerned about the spike protein, your immune system takes care of that. So that was, I mean, you could find that clip on Rumble if you don't want to have to go through the Radio 5G archives. 
um, the Stu Peter show because they do like 10, 20 minute segments of people they interview. So it's a good rumble page. Okay, let's just stop here for a second or a couple of minutes and we're going to play a break song. Give the listeners a break. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to Radio 5G. It is the ninth, ninth month, September 1st, 2021. I'm Nancy Hopkins and with me is Mark Joseph. And I kind of abruptly stopped him where he was because I wanted to give everybody a break. But um, Mark, do you know where you were and shall we continue? Yeah, so uh, I was talking about the uh, PSYOP to Mind Board document, um, partly by Akina, but there was another one that uh, I think came out beforehand. I don't know the exact uh, uh, time of the release for the the PSYOP Mind Board doc, but <clears throat> the one that immediately sprung to mind was the Apocalypse Culture book back in the late 80s, and the essay was The Invisible War, and which you know, detail more of that. So I wondered if Aquino had an influence in, in um, the writing of this document, but a lot of military members at the time did join um, uh, the Church, Church of Satan, uh, which this document relates to. But it's more about um, everything being weaponized against you, and, and they never used that term at the time. But all the things the quote-unquote conspiracy people um, talk about, this was talked about in the 80s. Um in these, you know, quote-unquote secret societies. But now in, in their, uh, um, what do you call it, membership uh, newsletter, they call it Weaponry Update World War Three. I was able to get a Xerox copy. But this is just about just the different ways we're being attacked, just like how we know we hear now what Dr. Merritt was, and, and even Mark Steele, that everything's, you know, unrestricted warfare, anything can be used as a weapon. So this is a really good – I don't know if you – I think you can find it online, but um, – so some of the things is like weather control. It talks about um, viral bacterial agents. This is the Invisible War essay, by the way. Um, ultrasonic targeting or saturation. Uh, microwave radiation. Food and beverage dispersal, obviously biochem, and then they were talking about MSG. Um, let me see. I'm trying to find a good quote to read. Uh, Those not yet conditioned by exposure to these chemicals can experience quote-unquote MSG-type symptoms, excessive thirst, hot flashes, wired yet tired feeling, metallic taste in the mouth, uh, psychological smoke screens, number seven. And even at the time, this was written in the late 80s. So they're talking about UFOs and Russians as a distraction. Um, let, me, let me try to read a sentence here. Poisonings or experiments by the CIA or other convenient groups, fear of the appointed enemy, um, like UFOs and Russians, until it's time for them to be absolved to make room for a new common enemy. These are all widely discussed and protested topics. They're full effective diversions. Um, urban warfare was another one, was like the last one. Uh, anyway, yeah, check it out. I mean, the book's got other great essays too, but that was the main one where, you know, these things have been used against us, like everything. And just how do we layer armor up? 
Um, now, you're talking about The Invisible um, War. That's a book, correct? That's a chapter in a book called The Apocalypse Culture. Okay. Apocalypse Culture? Jeez. That's a big word. Um, it, so, let me see. It, it's by Feral House, and they're pretty well known, having published Alana Freeland's two books and a bunch of Joseph Farrell's. Um like really forbidden topics or esoteric stuff. Um, well, well, let's go back yeah. to what um, Dr. Merritt was saying, because she, her, I, I, on the video they had a chart put up, and it was a psychological analysis of how... They, she was talking about Korea, and she was saying that Korea... Uh, the people that came back from the Korean War seemed to have some kind of mind control, the ones that had especially been prisoners, specifically prisoners. And so they analyzed what, what had happened to these people, and they put together a list of, let's say, items that need to be done in order to create a mind control situation, and they mentioned the Manchurian Candidate which is this idea that a prisoner from uh, in, during the Korean War was programmed to become an assassin when he heard a certain phrase. And then it, he would go into this, you know, alter personality. Um, but the, what was so amazing about it was to see this list and then right next to it, this list of what we've encountered. You know, uh, the social distancing. The masking, you know, they, they talk about this, keep them isolated. I mean, it's, I should pull that thing up and, and, and really go through it, but it would take me some time to find it because it's just, you know, one little piece of that hour-long show. But if you look at just the mind control aspect of what's happening with people, it is... If if you if you've ever looked at it, you, you know that this is what's happening. But how many people have been trained to realize that certain things are a type of mind control? I mean, we tell them the television is is programming you, the movies are programming you, the entertainment is programming you, and they just don't get it, Mark. You know, they don't get it. Never mind what we know is happening in the Invisible War. And, again, thinking in terms of Invisible War, when she started talking about... You see, my, my problem with, with this whole uh, COVID thing is that she's absolutely right. There was no cemeteries built. How, how, how in your face is that, Mark? There's no cemeteries that have been built, new ones. So where are all these people? Well, they didn't. There isn't any more dead. It's the same amount of people have died for the last ten years. It's nothing. Nothing changed, but our perception of it did. And you know, we we were uh, last night. I said to you, "Well, I can't talk to you because I got to finish this movie." And that movie was um, the Spider-Man of 2019. What, you, you know, what, what was the name of it again? You know that. Uh, Spider-Man, Far From Home. Far From Home, yes. Far From Home. And it's about uh, this, you know, the evil guy using um, 
holograms and taking I mean I thought it was brilliant he takes all these little drones and the drones create this massive moving hologram that anybody looking at it you know thinks is real and so there's this <clears throat> huge thing of water like a creature out of the water and things are exploding and so you know the question is is if it's a hologram how can the things be exploding well if you can't see the drones that are firing behind it in th- from the from the illusion um you think it's it's all real because there is destruction going on all around you and i'm watching this thing and i'm like I just wanted a break, you know. But then I'm watching this thing, and I'm starting to realize, oh my God, this is this is some kind of programming here. I mean, it, it's like it's it's telling it's it's disclosure of some sort. So then, then I got really into it, and that's why I said yeah, I couldn't talk to you. I had to see the end of this movie. And as the 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 bad guy's dying, the last thing he says is, you know, you can fool anybody. And humanity can be fooled by anything. And it's sort of like, it's all illusion. It's all illusion. You know? And, and if they can do that on the, in, in a movie and demonstrate to you... I mean, if I had been in the character's position, I would have thought the city was getting blown up because it was getting blown up, even though it was not getting blown up by you know, this water creature, it was the drones behind it. And I guess, I guess it sort of reminds me of the, you know, the, uh, over the rainbow thing. What was it? What do they call it? Wizard of Oz. You know, the, the little guy behind the curtain. And I, I just, it's just like, how do you, how do you get people to, to see what's behind the curtain we know what's behind the curtain you know a bunch of really sociopathic individuals who are as insane as that guy the evil character in that movie uh but anyway i thought it was absolutely um fascinating when you see you know that it's it's a psychological program and the psychological program they realized it happened to troops in, in Korea, the Korean War, American troops. And here we're doing it to a whole population, a whole world. It's, it's stunning. Um, was there something else you, you had there right then? Because... No, I mean, it was definitely... To me, most Marvel movies are worth watching at least twice. And um, I forget who said, who said that... Um, um, Kerry Cassidy or, or, or Wilcox saying that the Alliance is always putting in um, intel or messages in the, in these movies, especially the Marvel ones. And so th- these things with the drones can also be seen as the nanobiotech in people's systems now. So it's that um, as above, so below kind of thing where, uh, you know, we're starting to see changes in people because of the inner space rather than the outer space, you know, space force isn't just out there. It's, it's inside. And that's what fascinated me with, with some of the SSP stuff. But, um, what was it? Uh, yeah, your timing is interesting because they just released the trailer for the next Spider-Man movie series with, uh, Dr. Strange, which preview looks cool. 
uh, looking forward to that in December. And then uh, Venom's coming out, um, you know, this month, which I'm looking forward to also because I, I did mention my Shungite experience. That was Venom-like Black Goo, but it was for sure um, Shungite in the shamanic um, realm up there. But so going back to Dr. Merritt's thing, um, obviously she has a lot of data, a lot of highlights, you know, quality hit points here. Just that last year, the military COVID deaths were 20 in all services, and now um, 350 killed from one side effect, which is myocarditis. And obviously, that's going to be increasing. And then, okay, just for yeah. clarity, that's the one where the heart goes bad, right? Blood clots, yep. Clot shot. Mm-hmm. Blood clots in the heart. Is that what's causing these kids to have the heart problems? I mean, they did an autopsy. There's a Science Daily report or something, and like the the spike protein goes to a bunch of the major organs. So yeah. <clears throat> um, but anyway, yeah. And so she, uh, Dr. Mero is connecting that to the civilian pilot deaths, which of course in Stu Peter's show and Dr. Ruby's been reporting that for weeks and months. Uh, this um, I, I like that she called it a non-vaccine because. Uh, not a pet peeve, but everybody calls it, you know, a vaccine. Which I agree with Dr. Tenpenny. This thing is an inoculation. It's not. I mean, it, it, total sales and marketing trick. Uh, so Dr. Merrow's saying it's an experimental genetic agent. And so in regards to these civilian pilot deaths, now, you know, the working class people out on the road, living life. Where are we seeing the equivalent of this? Which is the highways out on the road. And um, I was delivering the Shungite uh, Cloudbuster, the Eagle, up north a couple hours away, and I was warned that, you know, um, Yasmin, uh, uh, who I delivered it to, was warning me to be extra careful out there because people have been killed because of, you know, weird driving, which we know is, you know, what, what it's from. Um, especially with, you know, 5G is pretty prevalent in, in the capital city area, and Derek's driven down through there, and like, yeah, the light poles have uh, 5G in them. Um, but in re- relation to what you're talking about, that coercion chart, uh, Biederman's coercion chart of isolation, lockdowns, perception, monopolization, and constant bombardment of fear from repetition. I mean, this is all just classic, uh, 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 like, again, psy war, psy up mind war stuff. Um, all of it's public. Uh, I mean, I've been fortunate where, uh, as a kid, I was always questioning stuff. Even raised Catholic, um, you know, just okay. W- why is there this parallel of paganism to all of the Christian holidays? No one could give a straight answer, so I looked for it myself, and just found the answers through the pagan stuff. But of course, came back to uh, source um, through heart. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. That, uh, so back back to what Dr. Merritt saying, the world data showing that it was basically the same year after year, and that it it is important to say that it's not to say that something's not going on. It's just what we've been told. And so her other latest interviews is that the way um, viral patterns operate, the, the this this whole uh, lockdown COVID thing did not follow that unless you know these specific areas like Wuhan, um, New York City, I forget where else, maybe Italy, where it's possible, and and anybody, I mean, it can be done that drone release of spike proteins or some other kind of bioagent 
was put in in the pot list to have these effects, and of course that could be the now easily. Um, well, she was at, she was specifically mm-hmm. talking about um, contact, the contact thing. Remember, she had the mice. She was talking about the mice, and she said that they put some some kind of a. a vaccine type of thing on the mice and the mice would just rub up against somebody one of their other mates and then they would get it and it went on until they were all sterile right and this was because mike adams had interviewed um dr Meredith at least twice and so they he did an article called uh project cosa the the south africa um thing was was uh the experiment of, of depopulating um black South Africans uh, sterilization, sterilization program and of course after that it went black but I think it went beyond just physical contact that it was the shedding transmission thing um, so I, I, I just like that we have Mikovits and Merritt are parallel in the same footing of this of the DMG uh, dimethylglycine to have you know as your kit um, because like and then as soon as I heard, because I referenced back two, three weeks ago to um, Mikeovitz about the DMG thing, because that was so critical, uh, that if the mRNA gets into the cell, this is what you take. And I haven't heard that anywhere else. So I, I go to vitamin shop, all of the regular popular um, natural food stores, at least most of them. Nobody has it. They check the computer, vitamin shop, and then nobody's selling it in the area. So, okay, fine. So get it online and... Um, meantime, I just use the Karen McDonald's frequencies in the air ionizer and what else do I have? The Shungite, of course, and biogeometry I always have on. Um, uh, so going back to, what was it? Uh, Dr. Merritt's thing. Uh, what was it? Um, the Nazi physicians were hung for crimes. So this was the Nuremberg thing, I think. Nazi physicians being hung for crimes against humanity that they didn't commit murder themselves, but they allowed a system to be in place to allow coercion for experiments. I mean, they didn't apply informed consent. And what does that sound like today? You know, that's what uh, Dr. Merritt was talking about. So, I mean, um, local hospitals calling everything COVID and then just shoving everybody in the ventilator. And then we just heard yesterday or the day before that Robert David Steele passed away. According to David Rodriguez, he was put on a vent, and that immediately spells death. So these are death centers. Repeat that. So Robert David Steele passed away, uh, was reported. I first read it in Project Camelot's Telegram uh, two days ago. And so uh, David Rodriguez showed a picture of, of Robert in the hospital. And Robert was saying that he was put in a vent. He requested alternative therapies, and he wasn't given it. So this is a pop, pop, not popular, but very common theme throughout the country, if not worldwide. Um, so I'm just thinking, like, we each need to prepare and be with loved ones if they end up in the hospital, because they're just going to make money off them and use them for organ harvesting. I mean, this is insane. Uh, for those <clears throat> that don't know... Um... He, David was a, a an incredible person out there. He, I, I'm stunned by that because he's um, he's just done so much on so many levels and ha- seemed to have so much information. 
about things. You know, I mean, wow, that's a that's a, and I I heard nothing. Well, I haven't really been paying attention to the outside world. Wow, that's too bad. Yeah, and regardless of what people think about his um, separation from uh, Scott McKay and and the whole summer tour thing, I mean, Robert's work stands on its own especially with exposing the pedophile network and then the books he was helped release with um, the revelations of those things. Those were the big, big, and they were going to be made to movies. I mean, obviously now, that's the, still going to be... Wasn't it like four volumes and they oh, were yeah, you're huge? More. I mean, they were very thick and he was giving them away on pedophilia Absolutely. worldwide. Yeah, um, I need to follow the because he, he didn't write those books. He just helped to bring them out more given more exposure so I, I want to need to follow up on the on the author of that and see what he's up to because that's important important stuff wow but um anyway yeah just just everybody have have your 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 things in place if you're going into the hospital and and don't don't uh compromise when you're in there um i don't know i think that that's as as far as the yeah, Leah, I have a last thing as far as Mer- Dr. Merritt's highlights, but I don't know, you want you want to comment on those things? Shoot. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> You're doing a fine job. Um, I do want to mention one thing: is is when she was disgusting, disgusting. It was disgusting when she was discussing the um, test. And she said that it was testing to see if you were human. That was mind-bending. I mean, I had heard that there, that well, I knew that they didn't have isolated virus. They didn't have, never found the virus. Never have found the virus. But that they made this thing up, and I, I knew it was a sequence of computer uh, equations or simulations or whatever. But uh to find out that they were just testing to see if you were human, boy, you could go off on that, couldn't you? What the hell does that... I mean, like, that that one was uh, one of the things that jumped out at me. Yeah, that's a stage prep for something because we know, especially with the five docs and, and like, Dr. Made who... Um, there was a big thing over the weekend, Bards Fest, and a lot of some a bunch of the five docs were there: Tenpenny, um, Merritt, Made. Uh, I think they're still processing the video, and it hasn't, hasn't and it, the the footage hasn't been posted yet from from the weekend. But um, I, I'm eager to look to listen to Made's thing. Because uh, she does cover that thing where what's the point of crossing where you take enough of these shots and and you're no longer considered human so you don't have human rights and and the court and the corporation owns you. Um, that's where I think that 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 um, test is leading to, and now, you consider when they mm-hmm. say that it's they own you and it, it, this 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 boggled my mind. I mean I haven't even discussed it because it was like are you kidding me? This is really unbelievable. That when they take and they put that shot in your arm, they're putting stuff in your arm that belongs to them. And they've got patents on it and everything else, and they own that. Therefore, you're carrying around their stuff in you, therefore they own you. Isn't that the way it goes? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm just taking it at surface level and just reading some of the documents. But you know, even with the GMO push and like, what else are they putting in the air and the water? And so some of us could already be at that point. <laughs> and then when is the trigger to where like, okay, we're gonna measure you biometrics or whatever, and then oh, here you go. This is what it shows and. How much more human? And then that thing with with um, Tony Pantaloresco interviewing a UK nurse and relaying her experiences of she could feel her disconnect stretching up from her soul. <laughs> that was pretty wild, and she knew she was being attacked by the nano. That was a crazy interview, and that was like four months ago. Um, but in addition to that, you know, most like what was it? Over ninety percent of our drugs are made in China. What are they putting in those things? We don't know. I mean, they're constantly doing um, human rights violations, uh, organ harvesting, and genetic experiments for how many decades? What are they putting in everyday household stuff? We're in at least an economic war, if not cultural war, with, with, with um, that well, country. Well, it seems like it was their lab that started this whole pandemic. There doesn't seem to um, be anybody standing up for the other version, a bat. I thought it was called a supra or supernet. Uh, international thing because it started in like the labs here for Dietrich even like well that's true too <laughs> Dr. Judith Baker who was working on cancer agents for assassination weapons back during Kennedy's time I mean and that's just what's known publicly so again with the globalist term you know and we just see the rollout the same um, worldwide <clears throat> Yeah, she's a, she's an interesting person. I mean, totally interesting person, because as a teenager, her grandfather I think died, or maybe her mother, grandmother, but they died of cancer, and so she began to do her own experimentations, and she won some science thing, and but it was so out there that she was contacted by the dark state to be able to developed cancer fast it was it was fast acting cancer that they wanted and um you know to to, to i believe and i knew this long before i knew about uh judy at all i mean i never she was not out there for since the assassination she no she did her name never came up um because she was also uh the lover of lee harvey oswald if you want to read a book lee and me by Judith what's her last name Judith Baker but what she's got another name in it Vera something shoot Judith Baker and she tells a story about making this fast acting cancer but when I was doing the research on Kennedy two things cropped up it was Ruby Jack Ruby the supposed assassin of Lee Harvey Oswald. He was the assassin, but he was probably put up to it. But he he said that they were injecting him with cancer. And he did die in prison. And it was, you know, a fast-acting cancer. Then the other person was um, Pope John, Paul, uh, John uh, the 23rd. And 23rd? John the 23rd. The Pope at the time that Kennedy was alive, because the Pope and Kennedy were talking to one another, and Khrushchev and the Pope were talking. 
And so then they, they developed a, a, another way of talking to directly between John Kennedy and, and Khrushchev about essentially the cabal and the, and the takeover of the world and, you know, what are we going to do? And so they were in conference and Kennedy was supposed to meet with the Pope and the Pope got a fast-acting cancer, stomach cancer in his case. I'm not sure. I never could figure out what uh, Jack Ruby died of. But then you've got uh, John Mitchell's wife, Martha, and she was a crackpot, but she started releasing secrets. And so they kind of put her in a Looney Tune place. You know, it wasn't, they didn't make it look like that, but to try to control her. And she said, they're trying to kill me, and she died of a fast-acting cancer. So the fact that they've got all of these, been working on this since, you know, the early 60s, on cancers and other chemicals and biological weapons, and my God, it's amazing that this thing wasn't more deadly than it, than it well, I think they planned it to be more deadly. But on top of that, it's like, and, and this goes back to, to the fact that your, our immune system is really, truly amazing. You know, ours and the animals, and, you know, it's truly amazing. And nature is truly amazing in that even if you've got a pathogen, it doesn't, it was like this supposed Delta thing, right? If it was a variant, it would be less lethal. Why? Because the viruses or the, the things that are making you sick don't want you to die. They want to live on you. So if you die, then they send out a message, oh, well, we just, this killed them, so you got to be a little, le you know. So these things always seem to peter out of their own volition because of the way that, that life is. Life is so very, very powerful. So I find it um, intriguing that you may think that this is something new, but it's not new. It's been going on for a very long time. It's, it's involved in the Kennedy assassination and what they were doing at that time. And it gives you an insight in how crazy those people are, her book, me and Lee. It's kind of tedious because there's so much. She, she apparently is a brilliant woman, and... The details that she brings out in that book, I mean, if you want to remember the 50s and the 60s, you read that book, it should give you just a feeling for the things that were happening there. But she also gives you a feeling for the psychological makeup of the people that were involved in this, and they were really scumbags. <laughs> I mean, just really not good people. So I'm babbling about this here, Mark, but come back. Help me out. <laughs> now, um, I, I got into some of her recent interviews maybe a year or so ago because uh, she was working with Dr. Jack Cruz on some projects. I don't think they ever surfaced, but people can find her easily on, on YouTube and do upload date search and find her recent interviews. But um, no, absolutely fascinating stuff. And just knowing, you know, the, the depths of uh, how population control goes. Um, but one of the things that, uh, Dr. Merritt was talking about was pulling your kids out of school, just how the mask thing, uh, uh, uh the sigh up of lockdowns, obedience and the slave mask. So, um, accenting this further, I highly recommend people check out Dr. Pam Popper's latest interview, 
Uh, I think it was Bards FM, Hireside Chats are, are a couple of the most recent. I forget there's a third one. But she said, like, these things of, like, protesting and school board meetings, they're beholden to, you know, the high, higher-ups. Like, no matter what you say, they're going to do what they're going to do, even if it kills children. So her number one, her top recommendations are uh, just homeschool. Because, you know, even if they give you the option of mask or no mask, it's such a psychological damage to children that, you know, you got this divide and conquer thing going. Um, so she primarily says homeschooling. Um, and with, of course, the shot mandates, like this is just going to pull, pull more people out. And we know a lot of medical staff, um, you know, don't have much of the shot. Uh, I, um, she ha- I think it was like Make America Free Again is her site. Um you get a lot from the interviews, and, and one of the things that led me to her, aside from the fact that she talked at Bard's Fest, was that um, – I wonder if I can find the, the quote here. Because um, I, I found this in stateofthenation.com. Okay, here we go. Um, yeah, she, so she's also known because she works – she's in the same area as lawyer Thomas Renz, so we know that name. And what's her name the, again? Who are we talking about? Dr. Pam Popper. Pam uh, Proper? Popper, P-O-P-P-E-R. So she's in the same state as Thomas Renz, and they've, they've been working together for years. And we know Thomas Renz because he brought out the Pfizer whistleblower showing one report of 11 that in three days, 45,000 people died from, I think it was the Pfizer shot, one of the shots for sure. But uh, her name came up to me more pronounced because um, – now, this is quoting one of her recent interviews from, I think, this month. Uh, she pointed out that um, Trump County's the vax uptake, vaccine uptake is 28%. Biden counties are 35%. And there are some places that are around 30 to 32% uh, is what's vaccinated. The rest of the country is not playing ball. It's nowhere near over half what mainstream media is saying. So obviously, if they're going to lie about voting numbers in the election, they're going to lie about these numbers, too. Um, so that was a big, like a good revelation for me because, you know, here in um, deeper state Silicon Valley, we think most people have pretty much got the shot, like 90 plus percent. But anyway, that, that that's just an important thing to, to highlight and um, check out her results oriented thing, which is homeschooling, lawsuits and all this other stuff, like talking to the school council and protesting. I mean. Like, look what's happening in what Australia? Where else? Um, UK. What what are the results people are getting? Nancy. Now this is Doctor Doctor Pam Popper. Yeah. Okay. Um, See I, I went to the grocery store today, and when I when it's a new store, it's a new Publix is the, the, the brand name of the store, and it's a new one. And when they first opened it, I looked down the door. There was none of that wear a mask thing at all on the door. And so I just walked in without the mask. And a good portion of the people that were there at that time, I you know, saw a lot more people unmasked than actually masked, except the workers. So I've, I've only gone there like, I think this is my fourth visit. But today I noticed that the vast majority of the customers now were masked. And as I was walking along, I see this big sign way back in the 
back of the store. I mean, I, I never saw the sign in the front of the store, but it said, you know, if you were vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, but if you're not vaccinated, please wear a mask type of thing, you know? But I'm walking, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these people and I'm going like, okay, so how many of them are wearing a mask because they're not vaccinated and how many people are wearing the mask because they're still fearful and still psychologically damaged that they need that mask now? You know, it was it was an interesting. It was a difference. I don't, I'm not sure what what changed from you know the other times I'd been in the store because most of the time, like I say, if it wasn't the first time, it was it was stark that there was a lot of unmasked. But by the second or third, it was at least I would say at least half the people were not wearing a mask. But today, it was the other way around. There were few people that weren't wearing the mask. So you don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm in the state of Florida. It's not mandated by the states. It is mandated, I think, in some... I don't, I don't know. They're, they're still, I don't keep up with it because it changes all the time. You know, and I, I heard that the governor was going to keep funds away from the schools that aren't opening. And I'm not sure if that includes wearing masks or not. DeSantis, Governor DeSantis. Now, here's an interesting contrast. This is some intel from uh, Oakland. Um, I'm in a telegram group, one of the people's from Oakland there. And, and she said that, um, uh, I mean, pretty much wherever you go indoors, you have to wear a, a, a face diaper. But if you, the, 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 the people, the workers in Whole Foods, um, I think it was uh, o- Whole Foods in Oakland and the Trader Joe's, that they're, they're, fed up with this BS and then the, you can get a medical exemption if you give them a call and talk to them and they're just over it. Um, so of course everybody here is wearing, wearing the cover and you know, there's degrees of it. Like I have like a sheen thing that's like, you could see through it and I wear it. Nobody cares. I mean, you know, this is all about control anyway. So I'm pretty fortunate where, um, my job doesn't require the shot and, uh, I can roam around about, to my different accounts and um yeah i mean i got most of my different mesh sheen breathable mask on etsy so uh and, and give those away as gifts for people because um i have uh, relatives in hawaii and then um you know in that show we were just listening to some of the other stuff they're talking about was that hawaii's has the most shots i think of, of any state and of course, they have the highest, you know, number of cases, and we we know that worldwide. So, and obviously, obviously, Israel is like the big, you know, canary in the coal mine. <clears throat> um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Oh, so the Pam Popper quote I was giving with those numbers, uh, people can keyword search "Health Freedom for Humanity" podcast. Now, this is the August sixth interview. Uh, truth over tyranny with Pam Popper, and that quote that I was reading about the the percentages can be found at uh, the 21 minute mark about the different uh, uh, vaccine uptakes in different counties. So, yeah, good stuff. I mean, she's been at this this for decades, and we'll give you results oriented stuff. Just off topic, but what's happening with the governor and the recall there in California? 
seems to be moving forward. I mean, I try to keep up with local updates as much as I can, and uh, they're trying to stop the recall, of course. Like, let me see what one of the, um, what do you call it, the uh, uh, headlines? Like, the, the California Supreme Court shut down this this thing that, oh, this recall is unconstitutional. Uh, Newsom was trying to push that. And so a judge uh, shot that down. Um, a, a lot of uh, SaveCalifornia.com, that's a good Facebook page uh, to, to get, like, you know, daily updates. A lot of it's just the... Uh, religious exemption, protests of the of the mandates. Another one is um, California Globe um, that I, I read regularly, uh, Facebook and otherwise, that gives good updates. Um, I can't bring that up. So anyway, um, one of the contenders, a black conservative, I think Southern California, is being constantly attacked by mainstream media and Newsom. So I don't know why the focus is on him because you know, I try to keep up on current events. And, like, I've never heard of this guy until this recall. So, like, what has he done? And I keep asking people, show me the bullet points. Larry Elder, even Sabo, my favorite um Larry favorite Elder artist. is very well known on the Fox Network because he's a, he's been a podcaster for decades. And he's a Fox commentator. Um, I've been watching because, you know, he's part of the Fox family. And so... They brought him back. He, for the, when he announced, he announced on Fox, and he comes back. You know, when they, well, they they're calling they're calling him a racist, a white racist. He's black. Yeah, this is L.A. Times, uh, the face of white supremacy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like, you know, I mean, and, and they're all laughing at it over in Fox. It's like, how can you call somebody a white supremacist when they're black? You know, you can call him a racist, I guess. You're against the black people. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. But um, it, it, he's got a tremendous following worldwide. Okay, I mean, that's good to know because I've expressed my concerns with Fox over over the years and even last year that they're controlled opposition. And we saw clearly that on election night. Um, so I, I have my favorites on Fox, like Tucker, of course. But to me, it's too safe. Like... I need something edgier, more dangerous. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not voting for Elder. Um, Who are you gonna vote like, for? I'm leaning towards Kevin Kylie. There's another guy, uh, Peggy Hall, was favoring. Because um, Kylie's against the AB four five five, which is like to do anything indoors, you have to have the the Vax card. So he was pushing against that, and um, yeah, I mean. My vote can change, of course. Like, but anyway, Newsom was trying to do some last-minute stuff. I'm, I'm checking out the California Globe um, latest stuff, but it seems to be happening. I mean, if if Newsom gets like, like if it doesn't change after the 14th, that's when the voting is. I mean, we know the cheating level is is just huge here. So, actually, I should point out a couple. Um, California, what do you call it? Um, Let's see here. Uh, uh, FixCalifornia.com and EIP-CA.com in terms of like trying to fix the, trying to do an audit and and fix the structure here. Um, just you know, if it goes south, but the momentum seems to be strong. Uh, but people should just check out those two sources. Yeah. 
it's an important situation because this I mean what's happened to California is just stunning uh, Ingram from Fox was down there in the streets with um, people you know talking to the all these homeless people is just I mean when you're out there on the streets do you see these homeless people all over the place or is this just you know PR or BS no they're there like if you go to the deepest blue um, cities it's like what Dr. Cruz said Health is determined by zip code, not genetic code. So you obviously, if you go to Berkeley, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose, you know, in the deepest big blue places, high 5G, yeah, they're there, like by the highway and by the bridges and all that stuff. Um, you know, another, yeah. another thing that um, Dr. Merritt brought up was this concept that the people go to the hospital and the only thing they look for is COVID. They're not looking for, they're not testing for all the things that they used to test for. That is why, why? I mean, that that just kind of baffled me. It's like, are these people really as insane as that sounds? Well, you might have COVID, but you, you, you definitely your your right arm is missing here. <laughs> I mean, you you know you don't treat for the right arm missing because he's COVID. What the heck was that about? Did she, she brought out a lot of things that made me, and I've been listening to all this for quite a while, but it's like, wow. You're you're letting people die from things you could have fixed because you're all COVID fixated. I don't know. So, um, well, we gave the people a lot of information here. Uh, is there something else that you want to touch on here? Right. So, I mean, Alex has interviewed people, whistleblowers, and just people who go into hospitals, and they just have, like, pneumonia or a mild thing or something else, and then they get put through this maze of how can we make the most money out of this one person and then eventually kill them, you know, so we can maximize it out. Um, not just organ harvesting, but just, you know, the doctors are owned by, by the administration and, and, and following orders from up. And instead of like worrying about these things and, and, and mourning for people's losses, it's like, this is, like the process into the new uh, world, the new age of like they're they're slowly destroying themselves. And Dr. Made was talking about that, where you're gonna have to find something else because the, the, this system is 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 crashing. Well, and then when anybody, you get to the yeah, anybody that has not heard Dr. Jennifer Daniels on our shows or listened to her, I think our interviews are really good with her because she lays it out. You know the business of of medicine, and she lays it out in a stark way. And she wrote a book, um, uh, "Murder by Medicine is Not an Accident." Lethal something or other is the title of it, but the subtitle is "Murder by Medicine is Not a Myth." And she points out that patients are given drugs that give them symptoms that put them in the hospital. And then once they're in the hospital, 
they stay there as long as they can make some money off of them, and then they send them home, and then they go on the same drugs that are going to give them the symptoms that will bring them back to the hospital. I mean, it, it's truly, <laughs> truly, it was insane before this. And now it's like, you know, probably what you're alluding to is that it's getting so blatant they can't even hide it anymore. We know that the, you know, the, the place that is most dangerous to go if you're worried about your health is the hospital. More people die from, <clears throat> you know, hospital visits than anything else in the world. From their hearts, from the cancers, nothing. It's, doc it's hospital visits. And I've known that forever. Uh, I mean, early in the game, you know, you know I, I got lucky. My mom and dad had two, they had a lot of friends, but two of those friends, one was the town doctor and one was the town dentist. And so they would come over to our house and they would be partying, and I saw the town doctor and the town dentist drunk most of the time. So I never grew up having any kind of admiration for the medical people that have these doctors that names to them. You know, they're just regular people that like to drink. But some, I mean, a lot of people, they just go in and whatever that doctor says, oh my God, he's next to God. You know what I'm saying? And that's not the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. They're all business people. And according to Jennifer Daniels, bad business people. <laughs> I mean, bad in that they don't, they don't even know how they're being controlled by the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance companies. They just do what they're told. So get, out, get, out, get away from thinking that these are special people. They're really not. Yeah, and we want to focus on on victories here. You know that that was a big Shungite word um, Barbara Manessis gave last year, and easily applied this year. I'm hoping for someday a compilation of her Shungite um, whisperer, uh, um, you know, talks. But a centralized a centralized place I go to for for hearing victories is is uh, Robert Barnes Twitter. He he listed like protests now in New York City, um, Las Vegas, and the thing with the I'll read one here. Uh, the vaccine mandate in Russia got lifted because Russians decided to, to just not shop or eat out. Corporations and stores suffered, and the corporate leaders put pressure on the government to lift the mandate. Money talks. People have the power. They just need to stop being docile. So just stuff like that. A lot of victories posted. And same thing here in um, Las Vegas. An employee at the Win Rewards desk just told me they have had over 12,000 cancellations since the second face mask policy was implemented. So just get the right sources out there and then you know work locally that's where we can make change um the vibe tribe here so telegram to me is one of the fastest places to find that telegram being uh, uh an app that you can actually download and it's like twitter it's like the replacement of twitter but <clears throat> i didn't i wasn't a twitter person but when they all went to telegram i went over there to see what it w was about and it's like you could live your life there, but yeah, you can find some interesting uh, people to follow that will keep you pretty, pretty up to date. So um, anyway, anything else that you know you want to say about Doctor Merritt? And you say you, you you watch Alex a lot. You listen to him. 
I'm a pretty regular listener. Yeah, uh, focus more on the interviews he does, like with Mike Adams. But I mean, he's just following the data. It's not opinion. It's just the data speaks for itself, and then just go with that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> another another uh, conservative host that I mean, when I was a Democrat, I mean, like you know, didn't listen to conservative hosts. <laughs> I didn't listen to anybody at that time. But it's Glenn Beck because he's gone out of he he's he is in a, um, an undisclosed place, uh, one of the countries in that area of the world that is assisting him and his team to get out Christians that are Afghanians. In other words, they might be in might be of another nationality, but in Afghanistan, the Christians and and the last uh, total I heard was you know. Like five thousand people that they've gotten out of uh, under his, and, and it's coming from his pocket and his group. So you know some of these people that I had a kind of a disdain for are the ones that are standing up. There's a lot of really good people doing really good things that you know. That's one of the reasons I do like Fox is that they bring bring in these you know people like. Glenn Beck, and what what is it that you're doing, you know, and letting people know that there are people and groups that are, are doing their best to make something that's just terrible, horrendous, a little better. So, anyway. Let's see, what time is it? Well, I think we better close out this part of the recording. And uh, you want to say adios to everybody and wishing them well? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Everybody, armor up, work locally, decentralize, use cash as much as you can, get with the local bank. Simple stuff, spread the word. Yep, yep. And um, we'll be back next week, and Michael Henry Dunn will be on with me. Thank you, Mark. I so much appreciate you. Thanks so much. You uh, you, you do an immense amount of research, and I, I'm just amazed at how well you keep it all in your head. I can remember that somebody said something, but you know when they said it and where. <laughs> so, appreciate you, darling. Everybody be safe out there. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.